Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. On this episode, I spoke with Calvin Joss from the band Caspian. Uh, This was my first time. I'm pretty sure this is my first time doing an in-person chat for this podcast in, you know, close to two years since the pandemic started. So, you know, Calvin and I talked beforehand about uh, having a little bit of nervousness just because I hadn't done it in a while, shaking the rust off. So it took 10 to 15 minutes to kind of get to that point. This is also my first time meeting him. Um, we have several mutual friends, which we talk about in the conversation, but, um, you know, it's not the first podcast that I've done like that, where the first time meeting someone was, uh, on mic, uh, for the podcast, but, um, it was a really cool conversation. I really enjoyed talking to him. And, you know, after we finished recording, we probably talked for another half an hour, 40 minutes nerding out about music and, uh, just the, the new England area that we live in and all the different connections that we have. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was great meeting Calvin, uh, great talking with him. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing them, seeing Caspian open for the Converge Blood Moon show that I'm going to in a couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy this conversation that I have with Calvin Joss. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, so my introduction to your band, I was, so I'm from New England. I was actually born in Gloucester, which is not far okay. from. Okay. That's where I work. Oh, I, yeah. right on. Um, but I lived in Arizona for four years and I wrote for like an entertainment, like a, like a music and arts paper and the guy who, and I won't name him on here. He's probably not listening to this, but if he is, he knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. But because he ran this, you know, he got tons and tons of promos. And he lived, um, I don't know if you've been to Arizona or whatnot. I have. Um, you're familiar with the town Jerome, Arizona? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really small. Yeah. So there's, when I was living there, there was 440 of us who lived there. It's a... It's it's outside of Sedona. Okay. It's a little copper mining town up yeah. up on a mountain. There, and people from Jerome, if they're listening to this, would be like, "That's not our only claim to fame." But the, <laughs> probably the most why people would know about them today is Maynard James Keenan, the singer from Tool. Yeah, yeah, there. He has a winery there. there. Okay. Yeah, which is how I first discovered it. And Merkin then Vineyards. Merkin Vineyards. Yeah, yeah. and it, <laughs> I worked at a restaurant in town there at the time and uh, you know we got a we got a call he would never dine in but sometimes he would do takeout and so you got to be the takeout guy well a, a couple times but and, and and you know I know I, I'm, I'm friends with his wife but uh, so his caller ID from his house it's Harry Merkin is his name and it's like, amazing so one of the one of the one of the new employees answered the call and they're like let's get this call from this Harry Merkin guy and he ordered like this large order but I've never heard of him before I was like uh-huh. I got this yeah I was like don't worry about it I was like but so when I was writing for this paper I went down to the house of the editor because he just has like a whole room just full of promos and um you know from time to time he'd be like you can come through and grab whatever yeah. you want and i just you know so that's where i i found this which this is, is amazing. waking season and it was just like but so i picked it up and the written on it was no good and, and and i was like i don't know who rick is that's not the guy whose house it was but i was like did rick write that or is that a note to rick and then you know in the back it says wood and string with electric guitar ambient soundscape and i was like sounds right up my alley and then so i <laughs> took it home i had a, i owned a record store at the time too so i was playing it and i you know flip it open and i see 
in the in the credits, Nate Shoemaker's name, which yeah, Nate and I have been friends for long, long time. Long time. So I was like, all right, but it was you know three thousand miles away from here, and I was yes. like, you know, and I knew nothing about the band, didn't know that they were you know from New England, yeah. just just randomly, just randomly love the cover, and it was just like, oh well, this is right up my alley. You know, I'm a big explosions in the sky pelican you know that kind of ilk and you know obviously you guys have your own sound but you know I think a lot of the instrumental post rock kind of gets gets lumped into that where sure, certainly you know, it's, a, it's a vast and wide you know genre right description you got like tortoise to like you know mono mono Godspeed. red sparrow yeah like, yeah, like there's, it's very wide Sure. Wide spectrum, you know. Yeah. So, so my my question, because as we we're talking before, like, um, I don't know a ton about you guys. It's funny because I've been ever since then. I like grabbed all the Caspian stuff I can, and I've been listening to it. But it's like, no, don't necessarily know a ton about the band. Yeah. Uh, other than you know what little I could find on it. So you guys were formed in the early 2000s. We did, yeah. Uh, 2004. Yeah. We didn't really play out anywhere until... I mean, I guess we played a couple of shows in 2004, but we yeah. practiced for, like, and wrote songs for, like, six months before we ever did anything. We, like, planned on and recorded, like, a four-song DIY EP yep. uh, at a friend's house in, like, Anasquam, you know, which is, like, a little subsection of Gloucester. Yeah. She had, like, a winter rental and we just like rolled up and uh-huh. annoyed her neighbors with very loud guitars for right. a while. Um, and it was just four of you to be. There were just right? four of us. Yeah, yeah, it was two guitars, bass, and drums. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, we like, you know, had like uh, kind of a game plan yeah. of yeah. like, hey, let's at least like write and record some music, and then get tight at playing it before we go play shows. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Which was fun. Um, and. Yeah, you know, originally we're like, well, we'll just find a singer later, right? Type of situation. So it wasn't in. It wasn't. We, was, we were intentionally trying, to, like, planning to be an instrumental band, right. and then, you know, we we're all getting into instrumental rock yep. in, in the early two thousands, and we we're just like, you know, well, we don't we don't need a singer. Sure. Let's just go with it. So, yeah. Um, our first real gig was at the Pickled Onion in Beverly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and we, you know, had some some friends and bands, and we started playing in like Boston club scene as right. much as we could. Yeah, you know. Um, and then, like our second or third show, we actually Phil got us on a um, a show with Mono op- opening, which was awesome. Uh, They're playing here next week. Yeah, oh, awesome. Yep. Three uh, S. 3S, yeah, awesome. it's, I'm seeing them... Who's open? Is there an opener? No, I don't know. You guys should reach no. out. <laughs> We're not ready to do that right now. Uh, well, I mean, it's literally two days before the first yeah. Converge show. Yeah, so it's, there's a lot going on. Mogwai's playing The Paradise on Friday night before. I'm it's like, one of those things that I was I found out about that recently. and I, I love Mogwai, too. And yeah. I was like... Who doesn't? I, I, Taking so much time off work that I was like, I, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, we're we're trying to maybe see about a like a band field trip. Yeah, to all together because we're gonna practice like that day for the shows and stuff. Right on. So, like, uh, maybe we practice early in the day and sure. all go to Mogwai together. Right. So right, be awesome. Jogging up this field research. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. just good time with friends. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. So after that, it was just. Uh, we got approached by Dopamine Records, which yep. Nate was a part of, Nate and Alex. Yeah. Um, so we never really, like, we had, there's still, you can probably still find versions of the DIY EP somewhere, but right, it's yeah. not really for mass consumption. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but, so then we went into New Alliance and recorded a proper EP. Yep. Um, and it's kind of been... Going from there. Going so, from there, yeah. yeah. Um, I know at some point, the, the timeline's a little conflicting from what I saw, like 2007, 2008. Yeah. You stopped, stopped touring. touring. Yeah. yeah. So I got, uh, 
I bought a house in 2004 also mm-hmm. when I was 23 years old okay. they were doing these like no interest no asset loans I don't know if you're yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> right before the whole market collapsed. Yep. I'm guessing that's how I bought it with a couple friends from college uh, with the idea of flipping it, not knowing that there's going to be a, uh, you know, nationwide market collapse of right. the housing economy. Right. So, uh, I mean, to be fair, economists didn't see it coming either. So sure. You know, how is a 23-year-old? Yeah, as a jerk yeah. off college kid, you're not like exactly like, right. oh, let me check the financial the right. financial futures of this yeah. investment. Historically, it's been a great investment. Uh, but uh, so that and I also like got into a serious relationship with my now wife of, yep. uh, going on 15 years nice um, so like you know that was I, I couldn't really afford to tour uh, yep. and a mortgage to pay sure. and we weren't exactly like raking it in right then uh, right. I did do like I toured the first EP and I think the first LP yeah um, and that's when Aaron Bergman joined the band uh, kind of was like uh, a sub yeah to like fill in and play all my parts um, they got back from the first tour with Aaron and I met up with them in New York uh, and like it was just pumped to see him you know it's like hey how was tour and they're like great Aaron's in the band now it's like great right. so then we started writing music as a five piece yeah uh, which meant like we just kind of kicked the can down the road for figuring out what we're sure. gonna do and that's sure. when uh, Johnny Ashburn joined the band yeah. um, same thing he came in to learn my parts as we started writing five piece music uh and then basically they've been like you know we've figured it out like we've grown as people yeah and learned how to talk and communicate sure. about things because yeah. a lot of you know there's a lot of like you know passive passive aggressive like non-communicational stuff happening when we were like in our 20s sure like didn't know how to like yeah. communicate as adults and figure things out they've been like gracious enough to like keep me involved at every step of the way yeah um you know I, I had kids and stuff too so yeah you know at some point i like touring wasn't really a viable thing for me and sure. i have a career and yeah um but like as my kids are getting older and uh, I've been trying to get out and do more and like be more yeah. involved uh, Aaron actually since 2000 he joined in 2006 2007 around there he just left the band yeah. in the last six months yeah. so that's uh, kind of pushed me back into a, a little bit more active role yeah. uh, as far as like touring goes and stuff so yeah. I'm actually kind of excited about it to like get out there and uh, it's been a long time since I've played like mostly guitar for right. Caspian I was like you know when you have three guitar players it's a little it's a little much sure uh, I mean it, like with a fourth you don't Right. <laughs> Four guys. It's right. it's awesome. So it, it left me a lot of space to like figure out other things like playing keys and yeah, pedal steel and yeah, you know, filling in sounds around yeah. the area, which is really fun. But and then like we did write like a bunch of like four guitar. Everybody's yeah. going. Uh, <laughs> tunes too like some of them are like definitely loud and some of them have like a lot of intricacies that yeah. need four guitars which is really weird yeah <laughs> but um it's been like awesome they've been like such a gracious group of guys to like yeah continue to like figure out a way forward and like i wouldn't like give it up without fighting tooth and nail you know sure. it's um, sure. it's like a creative cathartic outlet it's like I don't know, creating with creating by yourself is one thing, but like creating in the context of a group is just awesome. Like there's not a lot of opportunity for something like that, and uh, it's it's there's parameters, there's things that make things difficult, there's things that make things like really engaging and awesome. Yeah, Um, 
the music itself is often challenging. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. <laughs> and now I'm learning like all a lot of Aaron's parts yeah. for for the songs. Yeah. Because uh, Johnny's playing a lot of like at least on older music, a lot of the parts that I was playing. So now I'm like okay. I'm learning like another side of which is like challenging and fun, you know. Yeah. So it, so it's like new songs you're familiar with. Yeah, yeah. It's like I know all the songs, which is great. I'm just learning like different parts, and yeah. like sometimes I'm learning like melody lines to like chord progressions I wrote, and I'm like, oh, cool. Right. <laughs> this is like I was practicing last night for for shows, and I was yeah. like, this is like what what a beautiful melody line he wrote right. over this. It's right. awesome. It's nice. Cool. Going back to. Um, you know, when you first decided, okay, touring's not a viable thing, which, yeah. you know, for for people who don't know touring musicians, you know, just, you know, are music fans, but don't know, you know, yeah. I think the idea of a musician's life is very different than what the actual thing is, where most, you know, like... Adam McGrath from Caven, you know, buddy of mine for a long time, but he also works at a tattoo shop. Like, yeah. that's his nine to five job. Yeah. And someone's like, wait, he has a job. I'm like, yeah, it's really hard to make a lit. Like, yeah. nobody. You can be a successful musician and still be hand to mouth. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, nobody buys albums anymore. I mean, people do, yeah. but it's really it's like, like your fan base. Right. Yeah. And even that, you know, it's. It's funny because I do this, you know, I, on Instagram all the time. Like whatever I'm listening to, I take a picture, post it. It's just like a compulsive thing for me. But I get people all the time that are like, you know, all this stuff's online for free, right? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm old and I like physical, physical media. Yeah. I was like, but also, I bought this from you know the drummer of this band or yeah. the guitar. Yeah, I'm like, I know that my ten dollars for CD or 20 for LP is like putting Actually gas in their tank yeah. or a sandwich in their belly. Exactly. You know? That's it's it's it and but so I totally get the it not being a viable way to to, to make a living, especially yeah. if you want to build a it's family. Been, yeah, especially in like less is like where the you know, 15 years ago, we were all still buying CDs. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, like it was a weekly habit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's. I have, you know, an attic full of them. Right? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but I'm, you know, no stranger to digital sure. streaming. Well, it's it's like anything. It's a it's a great tool. It's and you convenient can, for sure, yeah. for sure. And I've certainly like discovered new stuff that way. But yeah. I also you also don't have like a gigantic yeah. thing in your car of like right. 48 no. CDs that yeah. like when you hit hit the brakes, they'll go flying. Into the, right. Or like right. I was never a big fan of like the the, the, the case logic. Yeah. Like I got like I loved the plastic like this is the record yep. but, you know, yep. like, the jewel case yeah the jewel, I, there's something about that yeah. like I, I spent a long time like cultivating and like perusing right you know used CD stores and Newberry Comics like all over New England to find like this you know rare import or, or whatever right. you know yeah. that alternate artwork yeah or, exactly yeah. you're like oh this one is like a, a promo that went to this one that's like it got misprints on it you're like sweet right well that's I mean and <laughs> it's like a badge of honor finding that little like gold like do not distribute you're like I'm buying that yeah. one yep yep exactly <laughs> well and I don't know for me the artwork is such an integral part of the experience. I mean, case in point, I first discovered your band yeah. just based on the cover. Yeah. Uh, and but also like my contrarian point of view, where it says "no good" on it. I was like, "We'll see. We'll see, I Rick." Like that. Uh, Come on, Rick. Yeah. Get uh, on board. Uh, where are you now, Rick? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but and, and you know, I had Nate Shoemaker on yeah. here last year, and you know. That's, that's what he does is design stuff. So, you know, yeah. I mean, luckily he's he's working pretty steadily now because, you know, a, a lot of the labels are realizing, oh, vinyl reissues are where people are spending money now. And yeah. They want him to, you know, redesign stuff. But yeah. um, 
so when you when you made that decision, was there ever a, well, if you're not going to tour, you're not in the band kind of conversation? Or it's like, we had some pretty like like I said, like we weren't great at talking early on. Mm-hmm. And it took us some, a while to figure it out. Um, yeah. When we finally did, we had some like really really like earnest conversations and like there was definitely a conversation where I was like I am 100% in on that um, in this band and the success of this band and if the success of this band and and like my commitment to it means me not being in the band I'm willing to do that also like if that's what we need to to do okay I don't want to hold them back from right. any, anything and I don't want to like detract from yeah. what could be or miss an opportunity because yeah. oh Cal can't do it you know so right. um, that was and like it's a weird way to be like all in on something sure. to be out out of it you know oh, to be selfless about <laughs> yeah, it well, yeah well to be like yeah I mean it, my commitment to it is like I would love to be involved as much as I can be involved. Yeah. If you're willing to meet me where I can be involved. Yeah. Uh, like I'll put in the work, yeah. obviously, and I have. Uh, but like I just didn't get to do. There's a lot of like tours and awesome experiences I missed out. I also missed out on some like harrowing, terrible things. Sure. You know, yeah. they were. <laughs> Um, they've had some wild, wild experiences that I was at home for. Sure, you know? uh, sure. Changing diapers right. <laughs> instead, you know. Uh, they were, they were on the like the same flight out of the same Malaysian airport like the day before that plane that went missing. Oh yeah. And I was like, Ooh, wow. <laughs> that was a close one. Right. Um, Johnny had some like serious health issues in in the Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, a couple years back um, and you know uh, at, like uh, there's been everything from like food poisoning to flu and right. jet lag uh, like tons of stuff but at the same point missed out on a lot of like seeing the world and they've played China Malaysia Australia yeah. Japan yeah. Um, I have like I did a European tour in like 2011 yeah. which is 11 years ago um, I got to like sub in on the Under Oath tour for a bit because Johnny had to go to a wedding so I flew in and tagged in yep. and he flew out yeah. uh, and I did like you know, yeah. a little over a week of that yeah. um, and then like a bunch of like East Coast runs and stuff like that and then I was like just kind of getting back into the feeling of it yeah. and then and then I, so, you know I, I flew out to like Seattle to do like the KEXP session and yeah. play like the Seattle show a couple tunes yeah um, and I was like alright yeah I'm feeling this is good like yeah and then yeah. lights yeah. out so was um because on circles was that 2020 or 2021 that it was 2020 okay it came out in January of 2020. Okay. So they got in about, or we got in, they got in um, about three weeks of touring. Yeah. Like they did the West Coast. Uh, and the Seattle show was like second to last. And I flew out for that one. Yeah. And then everything shut down. So. Yeah. Um, was there were there more dates planned I'm assuming oh yeah there was like six seven weeks like spread out like two weeks here two weeks here two weeks here they're gonna do a whole US and then go to Europe so we're just getting back some of that we did November we did like four shows on the east coast Um, we got some dates coming up in June where we're gonna finally hit the midwest and parts of Canada Uh, and then we're playing the festival in August and then uh, planned tour in Europe in October so (laughs) given that Europe is still a thing by then right right yeah a little crazy who knows I mean you know there's like Poland dates and where where in Poland? Uh, I don't remember. My, I, I, my my brother lives in Krakow, so yeah. that's why I'm curious. And he's also a musician, but yeah, it's we were just on uh, 
on Skype with him the other day, and it's you know it's it's you know they're not the the danger side of it. They're not super worried about, but you yeah. know they're having so many Ukrainian yeah. Uh, yeah. Refugees, refugees coming yeah. in, and he's really kind of at a loss trying to figure out how can I help? Yeah, and services and yeah. there's a lot of people. So yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Being a musician that and there's a ton of Ukrainian musicians coming in. They're actually trying to organize a benefit concert, like a benefit concert, but have the Ukrainian musicians play and do like sort of like a pay live stream type of thing. Yeah. So it's you know people are getting creative. It's pretty awesome. To see. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. Um, you know, during the pandemic and the lockdown, you know, a lot of a lot of people were trying to figure out ways to how, you know, obviously we can't tour right now. How do yeah. you do it? I mean, I know you guys did a you guys did a live stream. Yeah, we so we we were in a weird position. Like we were spread out. Our drummers in Denver, our bassist is in New York. So, yeah. you know, people weren't traveling. I wasn't even coming to New Hampshire. You know, yeah. uh, at the beginning because we're, you know, no one was leaving their state. So right. we weren't in a position where we could like all get together and do like live from this closed venue or something like that right. so uh, we, we all talk guitar lessons on like how to play different parts or different songs so which is really kind of fun yeah um, creative different way of looking at things yeah uh, Aaron like put together a bunch of like sheet music and tablature for it to make it easy for everybody yeah um, but like Phil taught one I taught one Johnny taught one Aaron taught one right. uh, and you each pick like a different record to kind of go through yeah or like a different song that was like um, we had like involvement with or something too you know, like, so like uh, uh, Phil did um, Circles on Circles yeah I did him for the greatest generation. Johnny, I think, did Rio Seco, maybe? Yeah. And then Aaron did uh, Arts of Command. So it was it was helpful, too, for because I can go back to that video for, yeah. <laughs> for learning yeah. learning how to play arts, his parts for arts, yeah. nice. when we're getting ready for tours. So. Right on. Yeah. Uh, him for the Greatest Generation, you guys had uh, a couple remixes on it. One of them from Laserbeak from Doomtree. Yeah. How did that come about? It's funny because I have a, like, a, like you know, six degrees of separation because I've talked to Dessa yeah. on here and I first met her when I was living in Arizona. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's all like a, you know. Yeah, I think just like friends of friends. Sure. Uh, you know, we put out looking for like people to do interesting remixes and yeah. things. So, yeah. Um, We've done that on a couple different EPs. Yeah. Like, we usually try and record, like, a couple extra songs when we're doing a session just to have that back catalog. Sure. A B-side somewhere, you know. Right. Like, yeah. I've always enjoyed those bands that have, like, a collection of amazing B-sides. And like, yeah. That's, uh... I'm a, I'm a Decemberist fan and it's usually now whenever they put out a new record it's usually like nine months later that I'm like okay let's hear the other five songs that yeah, 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 were from that session so. like the Radiohead kind of broke yeah. them all for oh yeah this might be better than the record yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah Amazing. yeah especially with the, the the couple recent Radiohead reissues and I'm just like you've yeah, been hanging on to this for 20 years I know but you know it's I'm all patient of you <laughs> yeah yeah but it's also you know it's it's subjective I'm like yeah. If I had heard this at first, would this have been the standout on the record? Exactly. For me? It's, you know, it's whatever it is. Um, so, have you been kind of, you know, from when you stepped away, has it, like, do you, when they, when Caspian plays Boston or the area, do you usually? Yeah. yeah. Usually, usually if it's like a one-off or like, it, it just, it also depends on like, preparedness yeah. and like, a lot of times I'll sit in for like a song or two, bring some gear down, sure. play like a, like the, my solo part of this song or something. Like yeah. That. Um, more recently, it's been like more involved, like play the whole show yeah. type of thing. But a lot of times it's like they're in tour mode and like you know played twenty shows already, and I'm yeah. coming in cold, like yeah. practiced but cold, sure. and being like, yeah. uh, and they're like, yeah, maybe. Right. So like. And it's also been fun to just be in the audience sometimes and sure. like hang out yeah. and not have to worry about playing and just yeah. enjoy like getting to I, 
it was a weird experience at first getting used to like hearing your band live watching your band live yeah watching yeah. your band live but it's probably a little bit of an out of body experience sort it of is yeah yeah the like the first time we ever I ever experienced that was like Aaron's first show was at like the Gloucester art space mm-hmm. and like I remember going and being like this is really weird but I'm, I'm into it like right. let's see what happens yeah. and uh since then it's happened dozens of times and yeah. I kind of love it yeah <laughs> it's awesome it's like pretty amazing uh, I was I was, uh, I was good it's, it's fun to watch <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah I mean I'm I'm psyched to finally see I'm, I'm a fan yeah like that yeah, Caspian's one of my favorite yeah, bands it's on a good show man well I, I kind of I had been thinking about it and I was like I it's got to be similar to so another band who kind of I mean it's different but it's uh, so Bad Religion has three guitar players but Brett Gerwitz even though he's you know like 55% of the songwriting yeah. only does like when they're in LA or around there playing yeah. which you know he has a his, has a very successful independent label but yeah. I always think it's funny because I didn't know that until he was back in the band that he didn't do a lot of a lot of the touring still I I forget which record I saw them on but all the promo pictures had these six piece band and you know just who's this guy well well the other you know he wasn't there when they played but uh, which I 100% get but I was also at that point like when when he rejoined the band and um, Brian Baker uh, stayed I was like I don't know if Bad Religion needs three guitar players where you know Caspian it makes it's a very guitar centric band yeah. and the guitars are doing different things yeah. and it's you know especially when there's not singing you know it's right kinda... well there, i mean it's a it's a huge sonic palette that caspian has so it, it makes sense but um yeah it's i i'm, I'm pretty excited about it um finally getting to see you guys thanks man i'm excited it's gonna be fun. How, so, how did the um, how did the Converge Blood Moon shows come about? Just you know, I think Nate threw our name in the hat. Yeah, uh, we've been talking about you know, Caven's got a record coming out in May. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was out on tour in November, he had like sent me a message. He's like, "Hey, we've got a record coming in May. We got to make this happen." Yeah. And like nothing ever happened with the Kevin thing. I mean, who knows? It might still at some sure, point. Sure. Um, but then like we got through our management that like we're the forefront runner for sure. the um, Converge Blood Moon. Yeah. And I was like, sweet. Yeah. And like then I saw Nate like we live in the same town and so yeah. our kids go to the same school, I right. see him around it's like the sweetest, greatest human man. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Yeah. Uh, we were just chatting. He's like, I was like, hey man, this came through. Did you have something to do today? He's like, yeah. I was like, thanks. This is, this is gonna be fun. Like, I hope it works out. Yeah. So, and it worked out. It's uh, that's funny because I have a a friend, a close friend of mine. Her 19 year old son, obsessed with Converge. You know, wanted to go for a while. So. When the tickets came up, she's like, I want to get him a ticket for his birthday. And I was like, cool. And I, I even told her, because she's not into that. She's not into heavy music at sure. all. So it was very much out of her comfort zone. But she was just like, you're going, right? I was like, yeah. She's like, you keep an eye out for him. I was like, I will. And I even got, like, I'm taking him to the show. Awesome. But it's one of those things that he hadn't listened to Blood Moon. And then when he heard it, he's like, you think they're going to play a lot from this record? I'm like, yeah, it's... They're going to play the whole record. I was like, it's it's uh, so his first converge show is going to be different than like the the converge that he was sort of looking for. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> um, but you know, because I he's like, what do you know about this band Caspian? I was like, they're great. I was like, they might not be what you're into right now, but check them out. I was like, first of all, you're going to see them live, so you should be aware. But so you know, you guys. Maybe it would seem an odd choice for, you know, your everyday Converge show, but yeah. I think I, it makes perfect sense to me for the for the Blood Moon shows. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think, like, we... 
we try and build sets that cater to the whoever we're paired up with. Sure. I think. So we end up like we're not like a heavy band per right. se, but we end up with a lot of heavy bands. Sure. And we can definitely you know turn the dial towards the sure. the heavier, darker side of right. things and and often have a lot of sets that do that. Yeah. Um, you know, like we were an opener for Under Oath on their reunion tour, and that was, uh, we pulled a lot of people that way, I think, yeah. by like not playing like atmospheric, ambient stuff, but playing like up tempo thrashers, you know? More riff oriented. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, I like, I personally love playing like a more nuanced show where you sure. get to like I feel like I, I love playing both of them but like I feel like there's a when you're playing that up, like the show's over before you even like right as you're about feeling comfortable when right. you have like those ambient ones you kind of get lulled into it you're like sure. alright yeah alright cool this right. is happening yeah. type of space whereas like when you're just like you know going from the jump it's mm-hmm. over and like before you know it <laughs> yeah yeah so right on yeah well and i also think that like i don't know you know when i started getting into my own music you know late teens whatnot it was very like you listen to heavy music or you're a goth or you sure. know you like pop where it's i think now not only is it okay to listen to stuff in multiple genres but I think it's weird when people don't like people kind of raise their eyebrow at you when you're like I only listen to you know country or I only listen to hip hop you're like no you're a human being everyone has different emotions so I think I think audiences are more open to stuff than maybe sometimes people you know artists give them credit for exactly yeah Yeah. and I think I mean in in a way streaming has helped with that to a degree it's just you have unfettered access to every record that's ever been made. Yeah. You're like, oh, I've never heard this. What's it sound like? Right. So, yeah. It's funny. I've, you know, I said before, like, I'm old. I'm like CDs and vinyl type of guy. But I also, I have my own frustrations with streaming, particularly yeah. like Spotify and whatnot, because, you know, you'll put in, hey, I want to listen to this, and then it recommends stuff. And like, you know uh, a good example like why I stopped using Spotify years ago like you know I'm a big big fan of Tool but so I would put Tool on and then it starts playing like Disturbed and stuff and I'm like how dare you Spotify (laughs) that is not I was was like well I get it on paper but I'm just like it's the the thing about an algorithm is it's the X factor of whatever Mm -hmm. connects with you it's just not gonna figure that out and you know I'm sure you know the algorithm's like it's heavy guitars it's a bald front man what it's the same thing you said you liked this and I'm like that's not what I like so you know so much of new music that I've discovered has been someone who's passionate about music as well it's like you gotta check this out and usually I'm not even like yeah it's weird yeah I, I feel like I, I, for one, miss that record store experience. Yeah. Like, I spent so much time in it. You know? mm-hmm. Like, I, as much as you were saying you love artwork, I've always loved, like, liner notes. Yeah. And, like, looking at, like, who is playing on what. You yeah. know, like, I used to play, like, you know, there's the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game, like, but with music, it's yeah. really fun. You're like, all right, how do you connect Mary Jane's scheming to, like, Bono? Like, right, right. <laughs> only through recorded material. Good. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, it, but like, it's hard. It's harder now to figure out who plays what on what. And sure. Like it's. I, I've always enjoyed like being like, oh, that person is in this band, or yeah, there's a guest on this record, that type of thing. And yeah, like just the experience of like being in a record store and like walking around for. You know, half an hour to an hour and yeah. maybe you hear something you haven't heard and you're like oh maybe I'm going to buy the employee's pick today sure. <laughs> like I yeah. didn't plan on yeah. or like that feeling where you're like outside the record store and you're, there's five records I'm going to go look for and as soon as you walk in they all go yep. you're like yeah. what did I come in here for yep. and then you're you know gotta figure something else out yeah, um, yeah. there's that there's that uh, 
yeah, I definitely get record store brain every time I go in, and it's fun. Like, I feel like write things down beforehand sometimes. I do, but also I don't like doing that. Yeah, because I'm like, it's I like sort of the natural experience of going into a record store, and I'm like, what's what's the universe going to present to me? Exactly. And, you know, and it's sometimes it's like maybe it's an eight ninety nine cheap buy that I, I right is I've had a vacancy in that yeah in that gap in my catalog for a long time or maybe it's this new thing I didn't know of that the artwork caught me by surprise you know yeah I um was up in Colorado a couple of years ago and uh, god and it's being you know in my mid 40s uh, I've got you know a midlife brain right now I can't think of the name of the record store and it's like one of my favorite record stores in the world but I was out there with no agenda for about a week and I was like you know what I'm gonna do a deep dive and I went from the front of the store to the and it's a huge record store um, it took me about three and a half hours just flipping through the entire CD collection because I was like I'm not looking for anything in particular yeah, but, if but let's see what I find and yeah. you know I left with like $150 worth of CDs but and ton of like weird promos and stuff like that yeah. and uh, yeah I, I I just love doing that you know it's there's a concreteness to it yeah. too that like doesn't exist with streaming right like streaming has a lot of amazing things and that like it provides a gateway for like anyone to put out music which right. is awesome yeah. but at the same point there's like so much saturation you're like I don't even know where to begin right you know? so, yeah yeah that was um it's funny I went and saw uh Japanese animated film uh, this week. Which it's the, I, I'm going to butcher the name of it. It was, you know, a uh, uh, friend had reached out and said, hey, do you want to, would you be interested in seeing this? And I was like, because I have a movie review podcast as well. And I was awesome. like, I was like, I, I literally will go see anything. I'm like, I saw the third Fifty Shades of Grey movie without seeing the other two because <laughs> I needed to see three movies that week. I yeah. was like, if you want to see this, yeah, let's, let's go. go. Awesome. Uh, and so afterwards, she's like, you know, what do you, you know, what kind of animation do you like? And I'm like, you know, what kind of, you know, anime are you into? And I was like, I don't really know because there's so much and I don't really know. I'm like, I kind of need someone to be like, hey, let's watch this as like an entry point yeah. so that I can be like, oh, I like this about it or more of this part, less of this stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I know there's stuff that I would connect with, but it's just like music. There's so much out there that exactly. you need sort of like a, you know, a compass or, you know, a starting point. Yeah. So, and the algorithms don't necessarily do that. No, no. Cause so much of yeah. what we connect with in music is a, you know, I'm saying the X factor thing, but it's something other than the, Oh, well, yeah, I like heavy guitars, but that that's not the only thing yeah, I exactly. like about it. You yeah. know? So I also like grandiose melodies. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, we connected through Mike Venn, filmmaker, Mike Venn, yeah. which you did the score for the heroin effect for, um, how that come about. Was that your first scoring? Yeah. Thing? Uh, yeah. kind of, seat of my pants you know um, didn't really know what I was doing sure. but Mike you know knew I was in Caspian yeah. uh, I used to work in Portsmouth for a decade yeah. uh, he used to frequent the shop that I where'd, managed. You, where'd you work here uh, a corporate coffee shop down that oh way. yeah 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 okay uh, yeah. I managed that store for like 10 years okay and um, Mike is a big coffee aficionado he so. is indeed yeah. Yeah. yeah he used to come to my store like two or three times a day yeah. um, he met his wife in a coffee shop he did so. yeah he got married in my coffee shop uh, I was there I, I was, was there, there also. oh right yeah. on alright um, it was awesome yeah. it was like a, a pop up yeah <laughs> it was yeah. really cool yeah um, the yeah so just you know conversing and talking with him yeah uh, over the years and just great great guy to talk to yeah and yeah. you know artists like artists and sure. talk and he's like hey I'm working on this thing he's like yeah I'd love to contribute yeah so, uh, which is really fun it was, it was awesome it was a great experience uh, it was kind of my first first foray into anything like that I yeah. obviously love to do it more but I haven't really actively pursued it mm. very much I like, am always making weird sounds at home yeah 
<laughs> so an opportunity to like get them out to people listening or, or pair them with something is always fun. Was it, did you have sort of like a back catalog of stuff or was it, did you watch the film and then just like start think, from it anew? Uh, if I think back, I think when we talked about it and like we were like hey this is really gonna happen mm-hmm. I think I just started making stuff for it mm-hmm. without knowing or seeing anything yet I mean yeah. I probably saw some cuts of it at some point uh, and then we talked about like hey I'm looking for something though to fit this scene or that scene yeah. with this type of situation sure sure yeah interesting yeah I mean you know when he told me that you were doing. I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. You know, Caspian's a very cinematic sort of sound anyways. So when you, you know, you were, you were talking about guys in the band being all over the place where you live, when you're writing stuff for Caspian, is it kind of, hey, I've got this song, bring it to the band, I've got this song, or is it, I've got a little bit of idea, let's bash it. Like, yeah, how's so, the writing process uh, for that band? Previously to this, to On Circles, it was getting a room a couple times a week mm-hmm. after your day job, after whatever, mm-hmm. um, and pound it out for six months on you know running on fumes uh, which has its merit (laughs) it's exhausting sure I have definitely like fallen asleep during practice sitting on my amplifier yeah Uh, I used to you know wake up at like 3.30 in the morning to come up here and work yeah and then practice again like Wednesdays were like notoriously like 22 hour days for me like every week yeah and practice would be like three days a week um, we're writing like uh, Dustin was quiet. Mm-hmm. That was like how it went, and waking season two. Um, but with you know Justin joining the band as drummer uh, and being in Denver, like the ability to just like everybody meet up, um, not really sure a, a thing has to be more. Um, mindful Uh (laughs) and like uh, what's the word I'm looking for like yeah it has to we have to set aside time sure and And more economic with the time yeah exactly so like we'll go down to our we have a friend who used to be in the uh, who ran radar records Mm -hmm. uh, Constance Junius Seneca were uh, a die were all on this label we used to tour and play with them constantly yeah um, but he, you know, a while back started building like a green studio in Connecticut. Yeah. It's like solar powered. It's amazing. He's cool. got an awesome space. That's what he spends his time doing. Um, now he is doing that. Uh, and um, he's also a like, leader of the band Song. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of They're like kind of a heavy dream pop P-S-A-L-M uh S-O-M S-O-M okay yeah 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 uh Justin who plays drums for us also plays bass in that band oh right on awesome uh but a bunch of old friends all together in this yeah amazing little project um the so yeah he has a studio we all go down there and post up for a week and just it's kind of awesome to just we've never been in the, the place except for like when we were recording a record where we're just like hey the only thing we have to do today is like wake up and play music with our friends and yeah. like eat <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. When, when we have to so um, I mean that's putting it lightly there's other things you have to do but sure you know sure um, the main focus yeah of the, the main focus is, is that yeah. so it's it's kind of awesome it's like the place is heaven on earth it's just community and yeah and awesomeness uh, it's always a delight to be there and we all look forward to being there so, yeah but we now it's we get in the room and uh, often you know we'll we like kind of have a Google Drive of stuff like where we're like throwing ideas around um, when we recorded the last record uh, Yanni went through like 
we were recording like all of our practices uh, for Destiny's Quiet. So he went through like just combed through them all and like yeah. pulled out some stuff that was like, hey, we kind of abandoned this and this would have been cool. And we got a couple of tunes out of it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, people come with ideas and prepared things um, to a point and then yeah. we just like expound on them and like it's all whiteboard. It's yeah. all yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. all like and that's sometimes the hardest part is like it took it took us a while to get better at that, but like sure. even just articulating like where you're at in a song mm-hmm. uh, to, to other people in the band, like are we all talking about the same area? Right, you know. So this one of the whiteboard comes in handy, but sure, uh, yeah, it's 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 like one of my favorite parts is like sometimes it's tiring and exhausting, but it's also like so rewarding. And, yeah, and awesome to be able to just be like, all right, cool, anything yeah. goes. There's no rules, like, yeah. Let's try this out. Right. No, that doesn't work. All right, let's try this out. Right. Uh, we are notoriously analytical about a lot. I think we've let go of some of that in, and not in like like um, a bad way. Mm-hmm. I think in like a, hey, let's, let's like be more open about like where this could go or what it could do. But like, a little more organic. Yeah, like when we were writing... A tune for Dustin Just Quiet we spent a month on the last like 30 seconds of a song mm-hmm. like three days a week you know three to three hours of practice yep. on 30 seconds of yep. a song like just every day being like hey I think we got it and then coming back the next to be like nope yep. tearing it apart I'm like this is torturous um, like not that we're not willing to do that because obviously we are but I think like when you have that time together and you're all together in the same place yeah. it like goes a little quicker mm-hmm. and you're just like oh okay yeah uh, we, like we've often talked about like writing music sometimes it's like pounding your head against the wall until eventually you break through the wall and right. you're in a whole new room and then you're like yeah this is awesome right. what are we doing here yeah it's cool nice so, right on it, yeah it's, it's a fun experience and like being open to like try new things or, or give ourselves new parameters like we had the song in the last record like everyone has to play keys like there's no guitars allowed right. you know right so figure it out sure what are you doing alright what are you doing well I mean I, I think you know any creative person parameters definitely like inspired new creativity yeah. that, where if you're just like no we like you said no guitars on this alright what are we going to come up with what yeah. are we going to come up with I mean I you know being a painter myself I try and come up with different like I'm like alright for this week I'm going to do this and only use these three colors and mm-hmm. these are three colors I hate painting with so let's see what I come up yeah, with exactly. but, but then it kind of like even if you don't necessarily love what you first do it kind of Realigns your thinking, your approach to it, and then like, like nobody wants to hear the Caspian hip hop song that we're gonna write, but right. like out of that, like what do we learn about you know whatever it is, mm-hmm. or how did that inspire the next thing that we're gonna sure, write, even though it's never gonna hear the light of day, right? It's not good, sure, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, so yeah, well, that's it's interesting too, but um, with going back to the streaming thing and everything being digital there is a lot of stuff like that there are certain artists that do put everything that they yeah. can and and there is i think because there's an infinite audience if they can find what they're looking there yeah. might be someone who's into it but you know like that's not what we're trying to do with this i don't want to hear every take of right of like your song right <laughs> I, um, There's a reason that the, the version came out on the record. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm into alternative versions or demo versions sure. sometimes, but also, like, I don't need to hear yeah. every version of every song that you've ever recorded. Yeah. Every song in your brain. I am um, a big Van Morrison fan, particularly of his 70s stuff. And, yeah. you know, five or six years ago, they put out, like, a deluxe version of Moondance. It's like five discs. And I put it on, and, you know, it's a drunk in the studio just talking. Yeah. I mean, it's a 35-minute record, and it's like every song has like seven alternate takes, and like half of them, he stops halfway through and is like talking to the band, and I'm yeah. like, I get it. That's the process of recording, but I'm like, why is this on a CD? And I was like, oh, right, because I bought it, and they know that there's someone who will do it, but exactly, I'm, like, exactly. I'm like, I was almost, it was kind of a turning point for me because, you know, particularly now with, you know, like, 
career artists like that where yeah. labels are like, all right, how do we get more money out of the person who's bought this record when it came out on vinyl and then yeah. cassette and CD? Oh, do a deluxe edition. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I've been able to sort of like walk away from, you know, a lot of those, well, you know, Sabbath has now been going through the Aussie years and now they're up to the Dio ones and doing a deluxe version of each one Portsmouth of those. Own, right? What's that? Portsmouth's own, right? I had a conversation with a coworker the other day about it because they were talking about, you know, who's from Portsmouth that's famous. And I was like, well, technically, Ronnie James Dio. But I was like, he left here when he was less than a year old. Yeah. <laughs> literally never returned. Because they were, you know, there was yeah. talk for a while about... The woman who did... The voice for the Disney Cinderella movie. Yeah. Also from Oh, really? But they want, you know, there was there was a certain faction of the city that was really talking about a Ryan James Dio statue. And I'm like, that just. As a baby? <laughs> well, that's what I said. I was like, he never, like, it would be one thing if he's like, I'm from Portsmouth, I'm championing it. He was never on Flag board in with the it. sand. Yeah, I'm like, it just smacks of desperation on our part to, yeah. you know, to claim him claim him where he didn't claim Portsmouth yeah. you know it's one of those things that I don't know I'm, I'm glad we don't have a Ryan James Dio statue nothing against Ronnie James Dio yeah. but it is one of those things I'm like we don't anyone who's gonna come to Portsmouth because they're of not that, coming because they're yeah. yeah it's just <laughs> such a weird thing but yeah, yeah but it, it was it was sort of like the the Van Morrison thing that kind of like cured me of I have to get every version of everything yeah. for something I like and I'm just like no that the you know the original album yeah. that's great there's there's some people that worked with you know like but it also depends on like you know like Jeff Buckley was somebody like I went to that, and and most lengths to find sure. anything I could because right. he only had like one record, right. <laughs> you know. Right. And you're like, yeah, give me everything that he ever recorded yeah. because I want to hear it all. Right. Whereas like people that have been around for like and have sixty records, yeah. I don't need to hear every take. I, I can hear the best versions of all the right. songs, you know. Well, it's funny because like you know some people have a really some people have a real staunch feeling about cover songs they're like well if you're a real man you know you don't do covers or you're you're you know you do it to a minimum and one of the things that Steve Brodsky loves doing covers yeah but also has like in my mind like legitimized certain songs that I'm like oh I didn't even consider this as like a great song you know he did the the um uh the record with Marissa Nadler, but they, when they toured, you know, they did In the Air Tonight and Extremes More Than Words, which I never, you know, familiar with both of them, but sort of to the point where I was like, I'm sick to death of both of these songs, her a million times, but hearing them with her and his voice. Yeah, it's like that, that scene in High Fidelity where he's like, is this Oh, the Frampton Peter, tune? Peter fucking yeah. Frampton? Yeah. I always hated this song. I kind of yeah, love it. Yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, yeah, it's re, you know, reframing stuff and like yeah. it's one like again, you know, Caven covered the Stones' "Moonlight Mile," which I always hated that song uh, from the Stone. It was just kind of like whatever, and I was like, it not a bad tune, not their best. No, yeah, exactly. It was just sort of like a, I guess hate's a strong word, yeah, but it's a late career hit. That's, yeah, yeah. But it was like it was sort of like a eh, it's an okay Stone song, but they kind of like you know when those guys did it pulled stuff out of it that I hadn't even noticed was in the original song and kind of made that the forefront. And yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh yeah, I don't even know where I was going with this covers conversation. <laughs> I don't but, know, but I like it. It's yeah, great. It's, I think we were talking about like the need to put out every every little thing. Sure, sure. But the, yeah, there's oh yeah. Jeff Buckley. That's yeah. the thing because like Jeff Buckley just had that one album, Grace. But yeah. like whenever he would play live, he's like, yeah, here's eight songs I wrote. Songs and yeah, Dylan and, tunes. And, there's so much recorded live Jeff Buckley stuff and. Yeah. I got turned on to so many, like, and down so many different avenues of music that he was into that it was just like, oh, this is, you know, I never we would have even thought of this yeah. song or this song. And He's like, listening to like Nina Simone, Nina Simone and, 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 and Mr. Fatih Ali Khan. Yeah. Like, who has the balls to cover 
Right. <laughs> sort of steal the con. And like. not be, and, and like, unironically, just yeah. like. Just like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this. I love this song. Right. I'm playing it. Right. But he's also one of those guys that, yeah, his voice was like such a such a unique distinct thing that yeah. you're just like oh whatever he's singing I'm gonna pay attention to it yeah. and yeah so yeah it's an argument both ways yeah um are there I know you got you were talking about live stuff touring stuff planned for this year is there any talks about the next record or uh I think like out of, I, we got together and we worked on some stuff um over the summer yeah like we did a cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, hasn't come out. I don't know what the plan is for. Sure. It. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Sure. Yeah. Um, Remains to be. Yeah. Uh, we like did some other stuff uh, that I'm not at liberty to talk about. Also. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like we, we've been doing stuff. I, it, none of it in in the realm of like a new record mm-hmm. or you know to look into a new record. I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of feelings and like stuff left on the table from the last record not mm-hmm. really getting to sure. tour it um, you know there's some internal debate like why are we why do we make music if they're not going to play it mm-hmm. sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, I am not always in that camp I'm like yo I want to make the next thing especially now that we have like kind of a different lineup yeah um, and we're, we're still like figuring out the roadmap for what's ahead for us mm-hmm. I think like to me there's a lot of excitement about like I'm like yeah I, I want to put out another record now I'm like I also want it to be great um, yeah and like I, I want to you know I'm, we're not looking to like add another at least in my opinion add, add somebody to replace Aaron yeah um, he's irreplaceable he's yeah. like you know a composition mastermind uh, and an amazing player I I like we have a, enough internal talent that we don't need I, and, and like the idea of adding another external voice that like has to calibrate with everything that we've been building right it just the process takes a long time yeah um it's usually a couple records before people start feeling comfortable to make like creative input yeah like find their voice and talk about like hey i'd really like to do this or this is what i'm thinking about um justin just joined in like 2018 so it's been on one record for us you know immediately hit the mark and yeah is incredible yeah um but i think there's you know he also is an amazing musician outside of just playing drums he plays keys he plays bass yeah he plays guitar like i'd love to like push to like get him more involved in in a lot of like like listen to his creative choices as mm-hmm. well you know um, yeah and see what develops like I, I'm excited to make more things like yeah. I've got you know some stuff in the bank ready to go yeah. um, like some tunes that are like 12 years old that I'm finally finding like endings to I'm right. like hooray right. Right. Uh, so you know there's like a, a lot of you know just kind of stockpiling and, mm-hmm. and like Excitement, but yeah. there's no real plans of, gotcha. any, of anything at the moment. Gotcha. Um, but you know, figuring out touring stuff yeah. is certainly on our agenda. Um, and then I think once that, once we wrap up all this stuff that we have planned this year, we'll probably be talking about like finding some writing time. And right on. Making it happen because I'd very much like to do that. Yeah. So. Right on. Yeah. Uh, la- last question, because uh, I know when you guys started, you were like. You did, I, I think you, when you first formed, you didn't have a name. Uh, right. Is it? Is there? Is there a Narnian reference to it? Or? Yeah. Our Joe, our original drummer, was rereading the Narnia Chronicles yeah. when we and we were practicing in his basement in yeah. Lynn uh, when we came up with that name. Yeah. It just like felt good. Yeah. It's a, so, it's a great. And we we're also like in a time time crunch. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. We have like shows on the horizon and not a name. Yet. Sure, like, that's it. Yeah, that it feels good. Um, we had some really terrible names prior to that. Yeah, that we did not go with, and <laughs> I'm very grateful. So, um, yeah, it's we've 
kind of there's a couple other Caspians now there's like a, a, a rapper there's like another like there's like an electronica yeah thing. far Caspian they yeah. come through like my like Google alerts all the time I'm like no <laughs> well, that's the thing when, uh, you know, because I have like six or seven of your albums, but I was like, all right, before we talk, let's see what else I can find. And so, I, you know, I yeah. pulled up Amazon Music and it's got all of it, but just listed under the same artist. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's the other thing with streaming. Sometimes there's yeah. no, I was like, you, you should be able to. Tell me, okay, this is the. I mean, I, I was reasonably sure the hip hop stuff wasn't you guys, but then <laughs> some of the electronic stuff You're with like, the remixes, I was like, is this like. Yeah, a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, there's some genre blending there that like gets a little close. Yeah. But it was one of those things that I started listening to some of that and I was like, I don't really like this. I'm trusting my gut that this is a different <laughs> artist. <laughs> yeah, so like whenever, like it's happened a couple of times. We actually, like, now we're pretty all over it. If anything pops up on sure. our stream and it's not us, we like flag it immediately and talk to our management and they get it corrected, and, like, yeah. usually within a week or so. Right on, good. right on. Well, I, it, I was. It, I was like, well, if it is a C.S. Lewis sort of thing, I was like, maybe if Silverchair ever gets together, you guys could do a, a Narnian like co-head. Dude, that yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh man, it's. I have a I have a soft spot for the last couple records they did. I don't know because everyone knows like yeah, Frog, Frog Stomp, but, but they dove deep with like Van Dyke Parks and doing strings, and it was like such a different band at the end. When I was like. I would talk to people who are super into music and they're like, what do you listen to? I'm like, new silver chair record. And they're like, <laughs> come, come on, now. dude. I'm like, no, no they were, trust me. They were interesting. Yeah. They, they, I mean, they started very young too. Yeah. I mean, it, it was basically like they were 16 and 17. And I was like, yeah, dude, think about your band when you were 16, but everyone in the world heard it. I was just like, yeah, of course they're going to keep developing musically after exactly, that. Exactly. So, yeah. Takes takes time. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's awesome. There's, like, a lot of people now that are, like, 16 or 17, you're like, I wonder what this person's going to make when they're, right. you know, yeah. in their 30s. Yeah. Well, it's the cool thing about getting older now is and having a lot of creative friends is like their kids are in their 20s and they're now like it's funny like I'm seeing friends kids who are artists who are like doing stuff that blows away anything that any of my friends have ever made and it's 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 inspiring it it is awesome it's kind of like my my nephew's a hell of a trumpet player he's like fully in playing trumpet and he's it's awesome he's I'm like I'm really excited to see like what he creates. Yeah. You know, like he's in high school band right now and jazz band and stuff and like just really into it. Yeah. I've got my daughter playing violin and like she's in she's been taking private lessons for a while. Uh, like since she's a fifth grader. But she's been taking private lessons since she'll say like first grade, but probably like between first and second grade. Yeah. Um, and like where we live, you can't join like the band or orchestra until you're in fourth grade. So okay. She's been doing that for a while and then she's, you know, in school orchestra and then she just joined like a regional orchestra that's like on Mondays and yeah. uh, and like she likes to fight me all the time about it. Mm-hmm. But like once you get her into it, then she's like kinda of into it. Sure. Like, like that's awesome. So um, I want her to like really get into it because like music is more than anything like it's awesome to like be a quote unquote professional musician sure Uh, but like more than anything it's awesome to like be creative and have like I don't know there's I I play as much for myself and like the five to ten minutes that I play like every day or every other day like is like this nice little like sanctuary or respite from everything else where I'm like oh if I can give that to my kids, maybe there's some hope for them down sure. the road, you know? Like, sure. Find the thing that makes you happy and yeah. do it. Right on. Yeah. Awesome. That's a, I think that's a good place to uh, right. to end it on. Awesome. But yeah, yeah, it's been awesome talking. Dude, yeah. yeah I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Pleasure awesome. to make your acquaintance. Yeah. yeah.